things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Father, we pray today that you'd help me and anoint me and empower me. God, give me liberty to preach what you laid upon our heart. I need victory. Lord, over this old wicked flesh, I pray, God, you cleanse my mind, my thoughts, all the process by which I think, and pray, God, that, that I'd be empty and you'd be filled. Lord, filling me, Lord, filling me, God, with your presence. And I pray, pray, God, that you'd anoint me, give me liberty, help me, God, to be a vessel fit me for the master's use. Thank you, God, for everybody that's here. Lord, I pray for those who aren't here that they listen. Some, some of them are sick and called in, told us they weren't going to be here. Lord, I pray for my daughter-in-law, God, that you'd help her in Austin. And I pray, God, for others that are sick. Brother, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Seth, it won't echo now, I don't think. John chapter number 14 and verse number 26. I want you to keep your Bible open. We're going to look in several places tonight. I'm interested, if the Lord help me, I want to preach on this, this person of the Godhead called the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12, in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12, and verse number 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, capital S, that's the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, are we all baptized in the one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. The Holy Ghost of God is that that fills a person when they get saved by the grace of God. It's a historical fact. It's a biblical truth that Pentecost happened. And, in, and the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost descended, in form of wind and fire, amen. It came by way of, of the Father and power the church. It is a gift of God. He said he would send it, the Father would send it. When he got back, he said, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will come unto you. Well, the Bible says that when a person gets saved, for as by, we are members of one body. Now, what does that imply? That implies that the church is the body of Christ. He's the head. That is, in other words, we are, as the body of Christ, animated by the Spirit of God. We, don't, we should not control our members. We should yield our members. When we were lost, we yielded our members as instruments of unrighteousness that worked wickedness. But now that we're saved, we are part of the body of Christ. The Holy Ghost animates us. We are dependent mutually on each other and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if we're one body, we're united together. The hand does, hand does didn't do what it wants to do. The head has a part in what the hand does. Would y'all say amen? So what, what it implies is that the church is the body of Christ. What it requires is for each member to be submissive to the Holy Ghost, to be humble, to be unified, to have a gratitude. In other words, when a person first gets saved, they become a body of Christ, just like Mason back there, or like Josie. They, they have members, they have hands, they have, they have uh, feet, and if you'll notice, Mason sometimes, he can't move his hands good at first. He, he'd reach them hands and close, slowly touch it. Just like when people get saved. They, they may be a hand, maybe a finger, maybe a maybe an arm, maybe whatever body of Christ, but they're babies. They haven't grown. They haven't got full use. 
But if they yield themselves to the Holy Ghost of God, they will be animated by the Holy Ghost. They'll be united with the rest of the body. They'll be mutually dependent upon God. Amen. We'll require to stay humble, to stay grateful. And we're living in a day of unthankfulness. Have y'all ever noticed that? It don't take long just to get happy. Just think about where God saved you from. And before you get too high, I might get a few spiritual victories under your belt. I'm trying to give introduction. I want to get to the message what happened is the devil will trick you and think, well, you got it now. You've, you've got a few victories. You've shouted in service. You've preached a few messages. Uh, you've talked to a few Sunday school class. Most everybody thinks you're a pretty good old person. And the devil will trick you. The devil will get you to thinking, hey, you've got some things. Well, I'm above a temptation. I'm a, don't, don't be bragging much about, uh, well, women don't bother me. Maybe they're too old. Maybe you're too old to bother you. Or you say, preacher, drinking don't bother me. Well, maybe you're too sick for drinking to bother you. What we ought not do is brag about what we've got under control. What we ought to brag about is thank God what we ain't got tripped up in yet. Somebody ought to say amen. Because everybody here is apt to be a mess. And all God's people say amen. You say, preacher, I don't know if that. Well, just look at somebody. They call it Tourette syndrome. They'll say things they wouldn't normally say. Body parts will move. Well, that's all because they're not dependent. They're not mutual. They're not working in connection. I feel like preaching now. Amen. So, so the Bible says we've been baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. The Holy Ghost we, has birthed us. We've came through the womb of the Holy Ghost. And by that same spirit, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We've been put into the same body. Would, would everybody agree with me there? Now, the Bible said, Jesus said... When, when he died, when he's buried, when he rose the third day, when he ascended back to heaven, that the church would be empowered by the comforter. We wouldn't be comfortless. We wouldn't be like orphans. But the Holy Ghost would enable and empower and indwell the church. Would y'all agree with that? Now take your Bible right quick. Let's, let's just look at Acts chapter number two. I know everybody believes this, but I'm going to prove it to you out of the Bible. We're going to answer these questions out of the Bible. Here's Here's what the Bible said in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 38. Peter's preaching to the crowd. 3,000 people are fixing to get saved. Here's what he says. Now they're asking Peter, what shall we do? I mean, I'm, I'm in a mess. I don't know what to do. I, I feel convicted of my sin. I, I see Jesus as a Savior. And here's what they said. The man of God said in Acts 2, 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And watch this, receive the... Say this with me. Receive the gift. I need a Bible reader up in here. Receive the gift of what? The Holy Ghost. So everybody that's saved and washed in the blood should have or does have the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside. Look over in Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. Amen. In verse number 18. Here's what the Bible says. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you believe that anybody that's saved could be drunk tonight? In other words, y'all would say amen right there. Let's, let's try it again. We participate. Do y'all believe that anybody could get drunk tonight? Saved or lost? Would y'all agree? Say. So if anybody can get drunk on wine, would you believe that anybody can get filled with the Holy Ghost tonight? It is God's will for us not to be just baptized into that. See, baptism, if I were to take this bottle and uh, I was to empty it out and I was to 
Leave the cap on it. The cap of, I'm going to live my own life. I could baptize it and it had water all the way around it. But if I opened it up, emptied every bit of the trash of it and get everything out of it and sunk it down there real deep, it'd not only be baptized, but it'd also be filled. Would y'all say amen right there? So God's will is for us, as we're saved, to be in, amen, we're baptized by, by one spirit into the body. It's God's will for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, when you got a new car, you got a full tank of gas, more than likely. If you got a decent car dealer, he'll give you a full tank of gas. But if you just, if that's the only time you filled it up, it's going to run out and you're going to get very little mileage out of it. Would y'all agree with me? You can have a good engine, a good gas tank, good gas lines, good brakes, good car, look good on the showroom floor. But if it don't have a full tank of gas, it ain't going to go far. It takes gas to keep that thing moving. And, and so we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you say, preacher, now wait a minute, you're talking about a second work, a higher work, another word. I don't care what you call it. I'm telling you tonight, He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to saints. He's talking to deacons and preachers. He's talking to believers. And he says, don't be drunk with wine, so it's possible, but be filled with that word there. The tense of it is continually. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Would y'all agree with that? Preaching tonight on the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, there's the evidence that you are in the family of God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. The evidence that you're filled is you'll be filled, number one, you'll have conviction for the fight. We, we need to realize today, we need to realize today that uh, we're, well, it's not a bed of ease. This ain't a bed of roses. The Lord, when we got saved, didn't say, well, man, it's, everything's going to be all right. No, it's a battlefield. It's a battlefield. You fighting for one side or the other. And we live in a day, you know, since about 2000, you know, hey man, oh Lord, help me to stay sweet. We live in a day when, when, when people don't want to pick sides. Well, I preach on preacher. But you on one side or the other. Because if you ain't in one bunker or the other, you're in the middle of the battlefield trying to play both sides and both of them's going to shoot you. You got to dive in one foxhole or the other. Well, I ain't going to pick sides. That's what wimps say. That's what cowards say. I want you to stay with me today. Lord, turn your Bible over to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. See, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, the filling of the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, you're indwelt by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost resides in. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, He'll give you a conviction for the fight. We are, we are in a combat zone. This is a battlefield. And uh, the, the world scoffs at our battle. They say, well... It's not a real battle. Oh, it's a real battle. If you've ever been saved by the grace of God, you know it's a real fight to live right for the glory of God. But if we've got a good battle and a spiritual battle, then we've got spiritual armor and spiritual weapons. Now, the world laughs at our weapons. They make fun of our weapons. They mock at our weapons. As a matter of fact, they, they mock Paul. They said, Paul, you're real bold when you're writing, but you, you act real meek when you show up and preach. 
He said, listen, I write to you in boldness so that when I come, basically, I don't have to rebuke you openly. He said, I, I'm writing to the church so you get some I's dotted and T's crossed so when I show up, I'll be more meek. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and to you, it takes a long time to be like Paul to say, well, whether I shipwrecked or beat or left half dead, uh, whether I was starving to death or have plenty of food or thirsty or filled with water, whatever situation I was in, I, man, I just, I was content to be there. It takes a real Christian to get like that. I don't know about y'all, but I like it when the sun's out. I like it when everything's going smooth. And it ain't always gonna go smooth. Why, preacher? Cause we in a fight. But if you'll get, if you'll get empty of yourself, hey man, and that spirit of God that dwells in there took up residence there. If you'll let the Holy Ghost fill you and animate you and move you and control your life, yield yourself to the Holy Ghost, you'll have conviction for the fight. <clears throat> Everybody found your place in First Timothy. First Timothy chapter number one. Let's read it. Let's read it together. And first Timothy chapter number one and verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee that thou by them mightest war a good love affair. That ain't what it says. What does it say, church? A good what? We're having participation and we got half the class that's not playing. About war a good. All right, we still ain't there. How many of y'all believe 1 Timothy 1.18 is in the Bible? Would you say amen? amen. The Bible says that he's, he's, he told Timothy, he said, I, I want you to know God's committed his salvation. God, the Holy Ghost has took up residence in your heart. He said, you've given, been given a position of a pastor. You've been given a place uh, to proclaim the gospel. Hey man, see, the world laughs at our spiritual weapons. Our spiritual weapons are preaching the truth, proclaiming the gospel, amen, and praying. And they laugh and say, well, what I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Until you get weak, you're not really going to fight. Amen. It's a warfare. Preacher, you say, well, you're fighting for the devil or fighting for God. <clears throat> and here's what the Holy Ghost said through Paul to Timothy. He said that you might war a good warfare. Now watch what the Bible said, and, and, and I believe it's in chapter 2, verse 3. Hold on, let me see. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will, Brother Jared. It's God's will that he wants us not just to be, not just to be war in a good warfare, but if you'll read on in Timothy, it even talks about this, enduring hardness as a good soldier. Anybody can fight when our side's winning. Hey, but by the way, our side's already won, but there's certain times it feels like the devil's whooping your hide. Y'all know I'm right. That's why Paul, through, by way, Holy Ghost inspired Paul and told us in Ephesians chapter number six to put on the whole armor of God. Oh, man, wouldn't it have been easier for God just to put it on us? But no, that's not what it says. It says go over, get it, and put it on. Put it on the whole armor of God. 
I can't do it for Jerry. Jerry can't do it for me. It's individual responsibility to put on the war, amen, the whole armor of God. God wants us to walk. And by the way, all that armor that's listed in Ephesians, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, amen, the breastplate of righteousness, heavy loins, girt, amen, having your feet shop with prepper, every bit of it, brother, is for the front because God don't like tires in the fight. Say amen. If you run, you're going to get hit. Now, you know, here's the thing. If, if, if the Spirit of God has put us into this body, and then it's God's will for us to be filled with the Spirit, it's God's will for us to put on the whole armor of God, and, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So that tells me, that if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'll have conviction for the fight because I'm in a good fight. Ain't that what Paul said? He said, I fought a good fight. It's a good fight. I don't know if I'm a good fighter, but it's a good fight to be in. I've been in some bad fights, but this one is a good one to be in. Somebody help me up in here. Oh yes, it's a good fight to be in. And so God wants me not to be a coward, of the fight, but have conviction in the fight. In other words, dig my feet in and say, I ain't backing up. Devil, you're going to knock me down. Because how many of you would agree? We're no match. We're no match for the devil's schemes. We have, you say, well, I don't know, believe that. Well, here's what the book says in James chapter number four. Submit yourself therefore to God. That's the first thing. Then resist the devil. That crowd on TV said, rebuke the devil. Well, hey, you got to submit to God first. That's a wrestling term. That means the holy God of heaven has you pinned. And when the devil comes, the God of heaven kicks the devil off. I want, to, I want God to pin me. Amen. And then me surrender and him fight the fight. Don't make me get my big brother. He ain't never lost the fight. Woo, hey man, are y'all with me? My father can whoop the world's father any day. Y'all remember in school, you say, well, my daddy whoop your, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm glad we can tell the world, my daddy can whoop your daddy, hey man. We're in a fight. This ain't just some lazy thing that we show up to once in a while. Hey, listen, the endure harness is a good soldier. That don't mean you fight till you get tired, let somebody, no. You fight every day of your life. Why, preacher? Because the weapons of our warfare, if we don't show up with our armor on, if we don't show up to, to the fight, the devil's gonna win by default. And hey man, we got to stand and fight the good fight of faith. Am I right about it? I believe I'm right about that. You said, preacher, why? Because the devil wants to set up strongholds in your life. You know what a stronghold is? It means an, an embankment. It means a refuge. It's a place that you surround. You, you gain ground. The devil wants to gain ground, fortify the ground, and then it's harder to defeat an enemy that has a stronghold. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Y'all believe the King James Bible says that? Here's what I'm saying. Here's what'll happen. You let one little sin in your life. And, and you say, preacher, I, I'm, on, I'm just going, I'm just, it, you know, it ain't no sense of me fighting it. I am like I am because I'm a Taurus. I am like I am because I'm a Capricorn. 
No, you mean as a devil. Somebody say amen. And you're trying to blame it on the Chinese and their H-O-R-R horoscope. No, you're just a man. You're just a woman. Don't blame it on the time of my year. You, I feel like preaching right there. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm just, you don't know my personality. No, I do know. You in the same flesh I'm in. And here's what's going to happen. You let you say, well, preacher, I've got that. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. He ain't going to move over let the devil in. That's right. The, de- the Holy Ghost is never going to say, okay, devil, I'm going to share space with you. Come in and possess him. And No, he's not going to do that. When God moves in, the devil moves out. He gets an eviction notice. However, if you keep not showing up to the fight, how can we fight, preacher? Get on your knees and pray. How can we fight, preacher? Proclaim the gospel. How do we proclaim the gospel? By putting the gospel in. I'm going to get to it in a minute. Hey, man, are y'all with me tonight? Here's what's going to happen. You remember over in Matthew when it says, the the devil got removed out of the house. They swept the house out, but they didn't put nothing else back in. And when the devil showed up, he brought seven other devils more wicked than himself. You know, you know what? To, you know, you keep on playing around with sin, and the devil's going to put a stronghold in your life, and, and then it's, hey, it's going to take a whole lot more praying and a whole lot more preaching for you to hear and proclaim the truth, whether you're a preacher or not. Witness and, and read and study and pray and get with God and watch out for the devil setting up strongholds in your life. How can I prevent that? Get filled with the Holy Ghost and have conviction for the fight. You, you know what? You know what? God told Joshua, he said, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You know what Caleb said? He said, I'm 85 years old and I'm just as strong today as I ever was. He wasn't saying my flesh is brawny like it was 40 years ago. That wasn't necessarily what he was saying. He was saying my faith is strong and I know that I can be strong in the power and might of God. Give me that mountain where the giants dwell. I want that mountain. That's the mountain God promised me. And just because I'm 85, don't say me in retirement. Put me in the fight. That's what he said. Here's what we do. We get a few victories on our belt. We go to getting at ease. Sin goes to moving in. Hey man, it goes to piling on. Before you know it, the devil makes a stronghold. And the only way you can get it, you better get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey man, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody that's ever dibble dabbled in sin ought to be helping me right here. You know I'm telling the truth. If you don't watch it, the devil can put a stronghold in your life. How can we do it? Well, you can't take an M16 and blow the thought out of your mind. You can't take an you can't take a grenade and blow a th- but the buy mine's a battlefield and we're in a spiritual fight if we could see through the spiritual realm it'd scare us half to death amen to see what's going on oh God but thanks be unto God greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world and if there's any hope for us to fight the fight that we should fight we're going to have to have conviction for the fight and be filled with the comforter filled with the power of the Holy Ghost to do what preacher stand against sin don't harbor sin amen stand against sin but shout about separation now I've already said it but let me say it one more time separation is not just away from the world it's to God so remember that devil that got evicted just went out there found seven devils more wicked than him 
Now the truth is, it's the picture of somebody being religious that the Holy Ghost don't live on the inside of. But there's an application to the Christian. And the Christian can get strongholds of the devil set up in your mind or else he would not have said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Wait, we want God to have the strongholds in our life but what strongholds do we need to pull down? Obviously, it's something the flesh has put up or the devil. Somebody help me. And since you've been saved, if you don't watch it, the devil's going to come back. Hey, man, the demon, the whatever's going to come back, and he's going to bring seven demons more wicked than himself. So, preacher, we ought to shout about salvation. We ought to thank God for salvation. We ought to stand against sin. We ought to name sin. We ought to name adultery. We ought to name fornicating. We ought to name everything. We ought to name snorting coke, smoking dope. I don't care if they legalize it in North Carolina. It still ain't right. The altars your state of mind. Somebody say amen. Is everybody okay? It's preaching time on Wednesday night. I'm glad I got my Wednesday night crowd in here. Say amen. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Separation. From Egypt to Canaan. He brought us out to bring us in. God wants us not just to be separated from, but be separated to. And you can't, when you get some things out of your life, you got to replace it. I passed out CDs tonight. Prime example. You get some things out, you got to put some things in its place. You got to put some, how do I do that, preacher? Get on your knees and pray. Get get in the Bible, memorize scripture. Amen. Stand against sin. We need to have conviction for the fight. This ain't a bed of roses. This ain't a love boat cruise. It's a battleship that we're on. Amen. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. The fact that you're indwelt, you're in the fight. When you feel, you've got conviction for the fight. And you take sides and ain't ashamed to do it. See, Peter's over there. He's been called to follow Christ. He's proclaiming, preaching Christ. But he ain't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. And he gets down there and gets caught on the carpet and denies that he's part of the crowd that's following Christ. Denies that he even knows Christ. And it's not until he gets filled with the Holy Ghost that he stands up before thousands and preaches the Bible and tells them what they need to do, repent, get washed, remission of the sins, get baptized, and God will fill you and give you the gift of the Holy Ghost and all God's people say. <coughs> Conviction for the fight. You need to contend for the faith. Well, that sounds the same. Well, let's look right quick. Look over in the book of Jude. <coughs> in the book of Jude, in the book of Jude, here's what the Bible says. First, second, third, John, Jude, Revelation. Here's what the Bible says. Now, there's going to be markers. This is a vestibule to the end times. And Paul is writing. Look at what he says. The Holy Ghost said, pin down these words, Paul. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to them, he, was a, he, he didn't even want to admit his brother. Woo. To them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and call mercy be unto you, peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, <coughs> it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, what's that word? Contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. God wants us to be filled for the fight, have conviction in the fight. But God wants us to contend for the faith. We've been made a part of the body. 
so we contend for the faith and we contend for the faithful. We don't let nobody talk about our church. We don't let anybody talk about our church members. Somebody say amen. We need to contend the faith once delivered to the saints. How do we do this? I've already mentioned it, but write this down. You ought to study the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You ought to store the word, memorize the word, meditate upon the word. Get that junk out and fill it, fill that empty place with the word of God. It's the word of God that Jesus used to make the devil turn his tail and run. He gave us four examples of it in the latter part of his temptation in the wilderness. And every time Jesus quoted scripture, it don't even have to be New Testament. Jesus quoted the book of Deuteronomy and Psalms. He quoted the Bible. Somebody say amen. You ought to study the word. You ought to store the word. You ought to memorize the word. You ought to meditate upon the word. Our faith increases. Our knowledge increases. Now the world scoffs. And we, you say, preacher, wait a minute. Why do we need to study the word? Why do we need to store the word? Well, here's why. People out here in this world, intellectually, there's a lot of them that can put me to shame. But it's not the world's wisdom that wins the fight anyway. It's God's wisdom. Somebody say amen. Don't act like, and listen, by the way, don't get suckered in down at the beauty parlor. Man, I, hey man, I wish y'all could see, if y'all could see what I'll say, I feel like light bulbs is coming on overhead. Don't get suckered in down at the job. Don't get suckered in down at the barbershop with a bunch of folks that just want to argue about the Bible. Ain't nothing you going to say if they ain't wanting to trust Jesus as their Savior. Ain't nothing you going to say or not say going to convince him to do anything. It's the Holy Ghost. And what you need to do is quit. Here's what, the, here's what they're trying to do to Paul. They're trying to get him to come out on their territory. See, their territory is intimidation. Their territory is manipulation. Our territory is the Spirit of God, conviction for the fight, the Word of God, prayer with God, the Holy Ghost indwelling us. That's our territory. And so we just going to not tell them our opinion. We going to give them what the Bible says. See, studying the Word, storing the Word will give you a thirst for God. In other words, an aspiration. You'll crave the Word of God. You'll want communion with the Spirit of God. Amen. Thank God. It'll make you not only a thirst for God, have aspiration, it'll make you attend upon God. In other words, your occupation will be praising Him. Amen. Rejoicing about Him. Pondering about Him. Pursuing after Him. And preaching about Him. Amen. And, and damn, thank God, when you study the Word of God and store the Word of God, you'll be assured in God. That word, in other words, you'll have anticipation of what, preacher? Of the enemy being exterminated. Amen. And the holy God of heaven being exalted in your life. He wants us, church, amen, to have conviction for the fight, to contend for the faith. See, when we study the word, then we store the word, then we share the word. God wants us to share the word of God. I don't know if you can do it by words or do it by tracks, but don't worry about it. He said, preacher, my arguments are not real good. Y'all remember this, don't you? Y'all remember when the tires were hit 9-11? Everybody remember that? I don't know how you can forget it. I remember where I was, Walmart in Forest City, getting pictures, my last family pictures that we had took. From then on, we 
quit going to them places and took them herself, as far as I remember. But I'll never forget tires hit. People running around Walmart. They scared death. You know what the world said? Where was God? And you know what Christians did? We really, a lot of folks didn't even know what to say. Where was God when people were suffering? He was right where he was when his son suffered. That's where he was. He's still in control. And sin does what sin does. But the sovereign overrules it all. It made a way for us to escape a sin-cursed world. So don't go blaming it on God. Don't get caught up in an argument about the things of God. You just stand on the Word. Preach the Word. Share the Word. Store the Word. Study the Word. Amen, church. Have conviction for the fight. Contend for the faith. Don't fight out there. You're wasting your time talking to them people. The only way you should worry about trying, you ain't going to convince the Buddhist not to be a Buddhist. But when he asks you why you believe what you believe, you give him the scripture. But I'll tell you what, you say, preacher, I just can't tell him that. Well, here's what you can tell him. When they go to mocking you, your lack of knowledge... Remember, they can take intimidation and motivation and manipulation from the degrees they have, try to make you feel real little and small that you don't know much about the Bible. Well, they're going to make you want to study it and store it and share it. But let's just say, I ain't there yet. Well, here's what you can tell that sorry crowd. Hey! I got one thing you ain't going to argue with. Look at me. I'm a drunk. I'm a dope head. And look what God's done for me. You ain't going to get me to deny that. I say amen. You can argue all you want, but I know where I was. You remember what I was. Y'all say amen. God help us to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Have conviction for the fight. We don't need a bunch of wimps. We don't need a bunch of beta males out in this in the fight for God. We need a bunch of alpha males. And we need some women in here that'll stand behind their husbands and fight that old gossiping crowd down there at the workplace in the shopping center over at the beauty parlor in the nail salon. And when that crowd goes to gripping and complaining, you just tell them, where was God at when I suffered? Where was God at when America suffered? He is right where he was when his son suffered. And he let his son die. Amen. Though he had sin, no sin at all that we as sinful so my that deserve suffering wouldn't have to suffer God's in control and he rules and reigns over the affairs of man I wouldn't let that happen well if I said I wouldn't let my son die neither preach on preacher contend for the faith number two number one conviction for the fight number three lastly the, being indwelt with the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a gift, brother Scott. I'm going to give you some scripture. Let's just look. Y'all stay with me. Go to Romans 6. Romans 6 is the great exchange chapter. Chapter. It's the self-life being set aside that the Savior life might be lived through us. All through. You ought to memorize I, I, I might still have it memorized. If, you're, if there's a chapter you want to memorize, memorize Romans 6. That's a good chapter to memorize. 
Amen. Every time the devil comes whispering in your ear, reminding you of your past, you remind him of his future. Amen. Amen. You remind him the day you not you don't have to go back to the day you got saved. Just take him back to the place you surrendered, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and exchange the self-life, the self-centered life for the Savior-centered life. Amen. Now notice what the Bible says in, in Romans 6 and 23. How do we get in this thing? For the wage of death is for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Turn over to Romans chapter number 11 and verse number 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Did y'all see that? Turn over to this a little bit. 1 Corinthians 9. That's just a few more pages. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 15. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, for it should be done, should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory in void. I don't want a glory in self. I don't want to be filled with the Holy Ghost to take glory in myself. Look what the Bible says. Let's go back. Matter of fact, let's go back. I said, let's go back to Matthew and chapter number seven. I like this. We'll go all the way back to the first gospel. Matthew chapter seven and verse 11. If you and being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? You know what God wants to do? Say, preacher, God, I've asked God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I've asked God to take, no, as sure as you're wanting to give your children that are hungry something to eat, the Holy God of heaven wants to give you what you need so that your hunger is satisfied and you can have conviction for the fight, you can contend for the faith, and the being filled with the Holy Ghost conveys me to the future. It guides me. It guards me. And I'll get there in a minute. Stay with me. It's a gift. Let's turn over to John. Amen. Uh, actually, let's, let's skip that. Let's go to Luke. Look at Luke. Amen. I already went there. Look at Luke and chapter number 11. I love it. Luke chapter number 11 and verse number 13. If ye then being evil, same, same verse in Matthew, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit Wait just a minute. The gifts he's talking, he's going to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. That's God's will. Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? All right, let's go to Acts chapter number two. Go to Acts chapter two. I've already read it, but I'm going to read it one more time. Then we're going to go to another place. And Acts chapter number two. Hey, man, I got so many notes. Jared, you ought to take some of these and preach them for me. So I ain't got to carry them around. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin. Remember that. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ain't you glad you were indwelt by the Spirit? Aren't you glad you were sealed? by the Spirit. Aren't you glad baptism puts you in the family of God? You're in the family of God. But I want the Holy Ghost not just to put me in the family. I want to be filled in the family of God. I don't want to be one of them arms that's working on its own. I want to be one of them arms that's fully controlled by the head. I want the head to move all my members. Are y'all with me? You ought to go back and memorize Romans 6 and you'll see what I was talking about. Yielding your members. Now, look at 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4, verse number 14. He's talking to a preacher. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the press prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, that's some people say, well, preacher, I've done a lot of good things. I have gave a lot to the church. I have devoted my faithfulness to the church. Just wait just a minute. That means I should be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
No, you can't buy it like that. You're going to act like Simon, who in Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 20 got to see and Peter and him lay their hands on people and them get with the fill of the Holy Ghost. And Simon went over and talked to that apostle ground and said, hey, let me buy so when I lay my hands, they can get the Holy Ghost. He said, wait just a minute. You're talking foolish. Hey, you can't buy this. Money can't buy this. But asking God, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Do y'all believe it's God's will for you not only to be saved, put in the family of God and dwelt by the Spirit but do you believe it's God's will for you to pray in the Spirit that's what he said in Galatians do you believe it's God's will for you to walk in the Spirit that's what he says in Galatians you know what he said you're going to keep yourself in the will of God and you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost how, how am I going to keep myself in the will of God praying in the Holy Ghost that's the only way how can I be that how can I live that unless I'm filled with the Holy Ghost now, if I was to take that bottle and I was put dirt in it and I was put rocks in it and I was put trash in it and uh, then I was to take some water and fill it up, well, it'd be almost full, but it ain't going to be really filled until all the trash is out and nothing's in it but the Holy Ghost. Preach on, preacher. But the real word filled carries the idea of being filled from the bottom up. Means to be overflowing. That's what that's what John seven thirty seven thirty eight. He that thirsts let him come to me and drink. He that he, out of his belly shall flow rivers two of living water. Thank God, one to refresh me and one to overflow the blanks banks of my life and refresh others. God wants us not just to have a well but a river flowing up. Amen. God help us today. See, being filled with the Holy Ghost is the gift of God. To be indwelt by the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of God to be sealed by the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of God. Amen. But to, it's a gift of God. It's his will of God to be filled with the Holy Ghost. To be filled with capacity. To be running over. Oh, hallelujah. God wants us to be filled. So we have conviction for the fight. Contend for the faith. And convey me to the future. So let's go back to my text. John 14. Go back to my text in John 14. Here's what he says. Now in John chapter number 14, the text verse we read, here's what it says. Verse number 26. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. See, the Spirit of God filling you will fill you for the fight, give you conviction for the fight. Not just the fight, but to contend for the faith in the book of Jude. I, I feel like I went over it too quick. Just don't move there. I'm going to flip back over here just so you'll see. I'm reading it from the book of Jude. Now listen, listen to what the Bible says. It's, it's what it says. It, here, oh, hallelujah. Here, here's what it says. But ye, beloved... Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, comma, praying in the Holy Ghost for what purpose? Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, conviction for the fight, contempt for the faith. It conveys me to the future. It sets my eyes not on the temporary, but on the eternal. I look not on things which are mortal, but I look on things which are immortal. It conveys me. And John 14, our text says that when the Holy Ghost is in you, he'll teach you all things. 
See, the Spirit of God will guide you. How many times have you been somewhere and the Spirit of God said, uh-uh. You went ahead and did it anyway. And when you did it, the Holy Ghost said, mm-mm. And he went and told on you. And before you know it, you're at the woodshed getting your hide busted. You said, preacher, I ain't getting my hide busted. Well, you, according to the Bible, you're a bastard, not a son. That's what the book says. We still in the Bible? Some people looking at me like I'm crazy. Just hold your place. Let's go over it. I'm going to read you how, what the Bible says, Hebrews and chapter number 12. Let's just see what the Bible says. Y'all, y'all, y'all do believe I'm preaching the King James Bible, don't you? I'm just telling you what the book says. Amen. Here's what it says. It talks about, <laughs> amen, looking diligently. God help us. Let's skip down to verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be a fornicator, profane person as Esau. Wait a minute, preacher. What prevents us from going down that path? Let's back up. Verse 11. Now, no chastening. Let's back up to verse 10. For verily for a few days, our earthly fathers, talking about our earthly fathers, chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So the Spirit of God guides us. And when we don't do it right, he takes us out in the wood and gets us by the woodshed. Watch this. Verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Amen. Did y'all see that? Thank God for that. Now what if I ain't got chastening? Let's go back a little bit. Verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you, amen, as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, verse 8, then are ye bastards and not sons. Did y'all see that in your King James Bible? Not a cuss word, it's a Bible word. I can't help it, people cuss it. The Bible convicts us of it. I thank God for chastening. The Spirit of God conveys me to the future. In other words, it keeps me moving forward. It keeps me looking up and onward. It guides me. John 14, 26. The Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. He'll guard you. The Holy Ghost of God will guard you every step of the way. Now you say, preacher, you talk about the rapture and you say, we're going to meet the Lord in the air. And you done preached the other week that what Adam lost, that dominion, what he lost in the garden, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, got back in the garden, and now Jesus rose on victory soil after the resurrection and said, all power is given unto me. But wait just a minute. He allows the devil allotted power. Where's it at? He's the prince and power of the air. Guess where the church is going to meet the Lord? In the air. The last stomping ground of Satan. We're going to meet with the Lord in the air. As if to smack the devil. Hey man, y'all going to think I'm worldly probably, but it's okay. Hey man, we're going to pull a Clint Eastwood and spit beech nut right in the dog. I say amen. Woo! 
Amen. Hallelujah. Ain't that going to be a time? He's going to guard us. The Holy Ghost is going to guide us. Amen. And you know what? His will is, brother, to enable us and guard us and guide us with peace. We have peace because he is guiding us. We've got peace because he is going to guard us here and there. Would y'all say amen? So what are you saying, preacher? If you were to go back in Acts chapter number 2 and verses 1 through 4, you'd see the Holy Ghost typified at least three different ways. Wind. Energy. Thank God I need God. I'm going to remind you, nobody got that followed Christ that was in a boat that a storm hit. Nowhere in the Bible do you see them ever getting to the shore rowing their boat. No. They always got to the shore because the wind took them there. God took them there. The wind is the type of the Holy Ghost. You know what we need to do? We need to raise the sail and pray that God will fill it with wind. And here's the problem. You think you can row hard enough? Here's what you need to do. Break the oars, throw it overboard, because some hardhead behind you is going to see it floating downstream try to pick it up. What you need to do is break it in toothpicks, hey man, and go on down the road and trust God with the wind to fill your sails. And all God's people said. The wind moving and blowing is a type of the Holy Ghost. He said, preacher, I don't know if I got it. Well, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, he said, I can't understand how a man can enter back into his mother's womb the second time be born again. And Jesus said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. We don't see wind. We see the effects of wind. Grass blowing, leaves blowing. We don't see somebody come through the womb. Hey, but hey man, well, you might see them when they get, but you don't see the actual birth canal. You don't see them get born, but you see the effects in their life. You see them moving in the direction that the wind of God is taking them and all God's people say. And the whole, in the Bible, in the whole Bible, wind is a picture of the Holy Ghost. It gives us energy. Wind is a picture of fire. That's enthusiasm. I'm going to tell you, I, I got them. I, I, man, it hit me today. I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I got a little bit of the muddy grubs this, this afternoon. And uh, maybe y'all more spiritual than me. You ain't never had that happen. But, but man, I, it hit me today. I got to thinking about all kind of stuff I'm not even going to tell you. Church, just wonder how many people's going to show up Wednesday. Maybe we ought to just cancel Wednesday service. Maybe just have Sunday morning, have two services back to back. Have one at 8.30. Then have one again at, 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 at 10 o'clock Sunday school and 11 o'clock preaching. Because, man, it's pulling teeth to get them back. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I, I'm going to tell you that much. I was, it's going on in my mind. I said, man, 25 years. Lord, I mean, help me, Lord. And I was sitting over there in my little pity party. And, and I got to getting ready. My wife came home. That made me feel like 10 billion times better just seeing her. Whew. I mean, just seeing her. That made me feel good. 
Then my, my Seth had came home. That made me feel good. I took a nap. I was tired, wore out. About, I don't know, about a 30-minute nap. Noah walked in. I said, ooh, man. Made me feel good. Austin texted me. And man, that made me feel good. But brother, when I got in the car and headed over here, somewhere between Highway 9 and the detour sign up here, I went through about 100 acres of Holy Ghost. And uh, I don't know in the body or out of body or how I even got here. But <laughs> I couldn't wait. That's why there can't be no singing tonight. I got to preach what God's got on my heart. Oh, my, you know why, church? Because there's a fire burning inside of me. And if the fire's inside of you, then you want to quit. You can't quit. He'll light you up. That's why you got to go to church. Man, it puts fuel on your fire. Puts wood on the fire. My, my wife said, my favorite message you ever preach is wood toters. And uh, I wonder how many wood toters we got in here. How many people brought in a sack of wood? How many people... I don't care if it's a twig. Bring it in. It don't matter if it's rotten, full of bugs. Get it close to the fire. It'll catch on fire. If it's soaking wet, let it dry out next to the fire. But I'll tell you what we need. We need folks to see this church on fire. You know the reputation this church has? It's a church that's on fire. That's one. And a loving church. And a church that's on fire. And a church that <laughs> preaches the truth. And I, hey, man. And I'm telling you, that stuff goes away and on you. But I'd rather have the fire of God and the wind of God than anything else in this world. Amen. God help us today, church. Wind, energy, fire, enthusiasm. Tongues, that's evangelism or expression. You know the good evidence you're filled with the Holy Ghost? Not that you can speak in another tongue, but that he's got a control of your tongue now. See, that the miracle at Pentecost wasn't the speaking. One preacher heard it in 14, some say 9, some say 14, different languages. One man preached from Gal a Galilee, preached, and all them nations heard it in their own language. I'm going to tell you what the miracle was. The miracle was in the hearing. Ain't it a miracle that a sinner who's dead can hear the word of God? The miracle's in the head. Thank God. What we need is the wind of God and the fire of God. And if we'll get that, God will give us the tongue. Hey, man, that we need to tell the truth. Amen. We need to have enthusiasm. Amen. We need to have the energy to keep on. And we need to have the expression or the proclamation of the gospel, the preaching of the word of God. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Help us. Hey, man, to have conviction for the fight, to contend for the faith, and convey the Spirit of God will convey us, propel us forward to the future. Let's all.